I don't know, but I've been told video game movies are getting old. <laughs> Spend 60 million on the show. Lose half of it at box office. <laughs> <laughs> Copy something from a game. The execution is really lame. Fighting monsters should be cool. Jovovich looks like a fool. Watching this wastes my life. At least he has a pretty wife. <laughs> Sound off. Bad movie. This one. <laughs> this movie really sucks not. <laughs> Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel, here with my monstrous co-hosts. Wow, how'd you know? I am a monster from another realm. Oh, and my name's Chelsea Hollowell. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were a monster from another realm, but thank you for clarifying your name. Yeah, I mean, that's the name I go by here, you know? That's fair. But um, I, I, I kind of take issue with being labeled as a monster. I... I think I just want to, you know, go to the watering hole, drink some water, keep to myself. It's it's the it's <laughs> and then those... some jerk comes, kills you, and and cooks you on a spit. Or my relatives. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> life is hard for a monster, eh? <laughs> yeah, things are tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, the humans really started this. It's true. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. real monsters. Yeah, man is the yes. real monster. Speaking of, I'm Jack, and I am a uh, I am a a spider monster egg. I'm a fetus in a spider monster <laughs> egg, and I I'm just begging to be eaten on screen by one of the main human cast, but no one does it. Oh it's my god, the fucking Nursilla. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Don't even get me. Uh, okay. Someone no. needs to eat those eggs. <laughs> so I'm Gotta saying. eat those eggs. That is true. Well, guys, you can probably tell by now we have a special guest this week. Um, this special guest is my oldest friend, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, I'm Jorge. I've been called here to be the resident monster hunter expert. That's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. We we don't know enough about the source material, so we had to call in the big guns. Yeah. So, uh, you fucking owe me. <laughs> <laughs> I paid I, money I, for this. I was going to say, we owe you at least $5, which I believe is the rental <laughs> fee. Or, uh, or did, you, did you splurge for HD? You know what? I had a really crappy setup, and I think it made the military section of the movie worse. <laughs> but, no. like, also, like, I think it made the rest of the movie better. Okay. You know, when you're, okay. you know, sometimes you're watching, you're watching something and you're like, this is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. And then, <laughs> like, your TV is so bad that it's like, you know, 
this is fine. This is all right. <laughs> oh, this makes dang. it tolerable. Or, or you're playing Pokemon, catching them all while you're watching and taking notes, and then that makes it okay, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyways. like somebody was doing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as a great sword main, I have some objections to this movie. But uh, I can't say I hated the whole thing. Okay, okay, well, we're going to get into Very it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> listeners have probably figured out by now that this week we are going to be talking about Monster Hunter, the 2020 film by Paul W.S. Anderson, director of such acclaimed, noteworthy movies as Event Horizon, which is actually pretty good, yeah, and Resident Evil, which is a movie, I believe. I just think it's so great that he really loves his wife. You know, it is really nice. He just thinks she's amazing and, you know, obviously beautiful. And, he, and wants they, to put her in dangerous situations <laughs> all the time. They love working together, you know? <laughs> That's, I mean, so do we. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It's nice. So, yeah, this movie stars Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaw, and Ron Perlman. And um, that's probably all that it needs to have said about it. Um, Excuse me, Megan Good. Oh, and T.I. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And a bunch of monsters. Yeah. He's casting director. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, almost all the casting choices were pretty good. Okay. Well, hey, that's that's good to know. I mean, he always casts Mila Jovovich as the lead character in anything he does. Yeah. And then I guess the rest, you know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The rest is, I guess, not bad casting. So that's that's something. I mean, Ron Perlman was playing himself. Yeah. I don't think he knew he was in a movie. (laughs) Is that what that was? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did like the Ron Perlman in the Ron Perlman of the 80s hair, Ron Perlman. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, before we get too far into our deep and thorough discussion of the film, I think Chelsea has prepared a summary so that uh, everyone can remember what happened in the movie. That's right. Here's your summary for Monster Hunter. So this is a movie loosely based on a video game of the same name. There's a video game? (laughs) And uh, let's see, Mila Jovovich is Artemis. She is the captain of a team of rangers. uh, Army rangers, not like fun D&D rangers. Yeah, yeah, true. And they are Team Alpha, and they're searching for Team Beta, right? No, I think it was Omega. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different thing. No, they have more teams. They didn't just go straight to the last team. (laughs) Yeah. Zeta team or something. So they get caught in a sandstorm. They go through some magical stones, and they end up in another world. Like you do. They are not prepared for this. It's a world of colossal monsters or just, you know, the kind of creatures that like to go to a watering hole. It's just kind of a whole mixed bag. These monsters turn out to be the biggest threat to an American because bullets will not hurt them. (laughs) So, I mean, what's an American to do? Like, we have no other recourse. So they spend a, a lot of time setting up all of these great characters and and establishing that they're a really tight unit and then they all fucking die Mm -hmm. as soon as they go to the other world and uh artemis mila meets up with tony jaw 
The Hunter. The Hunter. He doesn't have a name. I guess they don't have names in this other world. They don't have time for that kind of thing. Well, yeah, because uh, Ron Perlman is the Admiral. So That's right. They you fucking know... do have names. <laughs> These characters were all based off of explicit characters from Monster Hunter World, and they named like zero of them. I know. No, no. So... They, they, sorry. On screen. If you okay. looked at the credits, you would see all their names, except for Tony Jaw, who is... <sighs> sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I we, gotta we tell feel you your frustration. <laughs> I gotta tell you, for the amount of impact their names had, none of the characters had a name in this movie. <laughs> That's basically true. Yeah. I remember the monster names better than the character names. It's true. That's you know, true. to be fairly honest, a Monster Hunter game has two two real main characters and those are the monsters and the world okay like you're kind of not supposed to be you're supposed to be an npc in that world so in that sense maybe they got something right oh huh. okay maybe there this was like brilliant not filmmaking bad. Not bad. <laughs> so artemis teams up with the hunter and the admiral they hunt and f uh kill diablos and the rathalon together we can just kind of hand wave over this i mean this took like an hour and 40 minutes but they're basically hunting those two colossal uh monsters the whole i mean time. you forgot some really important character development where tony jaw <laughs> and mila jovovich fight a bunch and then bond over chocolate that okay that's pretty good you know what that that's a nice moment so that chocolate moment sponsored um, by hershey's well like, sure but like Aren't they, like, mixing their, like, yes. white people in foreign lands metaphors? Like, isn't the chocolate from World War II, but then you're talking to the Southeast Asian guy, which is Vietnam War? Like. Mm. Yeah. Good point. Like, that's, that's, I had a note. I was like, that chocolate scene is a little fucked. Yeah. There's a lot that's fucked between in their interactions, and we can get into that in a moment. But I'm basically no. done with the summary here. That's yeah. most of the yeah. movie. That's, I mean, they do much else. they do kind of transport in another lightning storm back to our world, and the Rathalon follows them. And Rathalos, the, thank you, uh, Rathalos. <laughs> Uh, and Come so on, right. Artemis, the hunter, and the admiral fight it together, and then they like are going to travel back to the new world to keep fighting monsters. And yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that pretty much covered it. They they rip off a scene from Ma a Mad Max, a much better movie. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Oh. All right. Well, you know, I think at this point we are ready to head into the delve. We're champing at the bit. <laughs> Welcome to The Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scene, lore, and other tidbits about Monster Hunter. That's right. And I believe Jorge brought up a really important point. Do you want to delve into that more, Jorge? Oh, man. Uh, I lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> you were Which talking about the, the chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah, the chocolate. So there was the, there's this whole scene where, you know, uh, Mila Jojovic and Tony Jaw, like, Decide to get into a knife fight. <laughs> Classic. Um, and like, 
As you do. Like, as you do, right? And, you know, the whole time I'm watching this thing, I'm like, how are they going to patch this one up? Because these are two people in a knife fight. Like, yeah. I haven't been <laughs> in a knife fight, but I would imagine that you don't just go, you know, like, I, I guess you're, I guess I'm going to try to stop stabbing you. Like, <laughs> we can end hostilities. We're and good. so the, the way they, they end it is they get, like, a Nursilla to almost eat Tony Jaw, right. and Mila's like, come on, you need to get out of there. <laughs> You need to get out of the hole I just threw you in. Yeah, I'm going to lift you out of the hole. I was just trying to stab you to death. <laughs> exactly. And Tony Jaw's like, I'm confused, but I'm still going to stab you. And then she's like, look, how about chocolate? And that was like, that was definitely like a little <laughs> bit of a red flag moment. Like chocolate's not, you don't, you don't just give foreign people chocolate in a movie screen. You don't use the language of cinematography to give foreign people chocolate on a movie screen and be like, yeah, it's probably fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> is there context here that we're missing? Doesn't matter. It's a movie. Who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. Like the movie, movie viewing audiences care, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It's sort of the equivalent, I think, of handing a, a Pepsi to a line of riot cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're saying it's a good decision and it ends racism the world over. Yes, do it as much as you can. Okay, good. This movie has a lot of unexamined racist tropes in it, and this is obviously one of them, but... But it but also we're, contains... We're examine them. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, it contains actual footage of Tony Jaw and Mila Jojovich just hanging out, like, not mm. sharing a language, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, slip, oh, yeah. you know, he's like, here, have some booze. And she's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and, like... That look genuinely endearing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, was. these these are two actors who we enjoy quite a bit. I mean, I've loved Tony Jaw ever since yeah. I first saw Ong Bak Thai Kickboxer. Like that was my favorite kung fu movie of its time. And Mila Jovovich, I mean, The Fifth Element was like one of my favorite movies as a teenager. I I like the Resident Evil movies. They are not. Let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? Very good, but they're kind of fun. <laughs> Oh, they're definitely fun. Yeah. I, I no. think that maybe this movie is the closest Paul Anderson has done to actually, like, matching the source material of something that he was making a game movie of. I mean, that camping scene. that That's that is, pretty right on, right? That is not a high bar, and no. <laughs> oh, well. So, um... Yeah, there's this whole thing with the language barrier that I found to be very racially motivated. Um, it The two white actors in the movie that are like in primary roles, Mila and um, Ron. Ron. <laughs> Mr. Perlman, please. <laughs> they both speak English and like he's the only one from that world that bothered to learn how to speak English. Right. And that puts them on some kind of equal footing. They interact differently with one another than the way she interacts with like Tony's character. Or the other people who are like hunters from that world. Yeah. It almost is like she is framed as superior to them in the way that she reacts to them and in the way that she talks to Tony, especially she's talking to him like he's a child in a lot of scenes. I mean, it's a tired movie trope of like not understanding somebody's language. So talking to them, I mean, like you said, like a child. Like, yeah. As somebody who has a child, 
I found those scenes very familiar. They were absolutely doing the child talking thing. Like it was just like, oh yeah, that's, that is how like my child will absolutely, you know, hear a word and be like, okay, yeah, you know, this, this means this word in this context. And I'm like, yeah, he understood the word. And then we go back at it later. And it's like, no, he did not understand the word. (laughs) That's kind of the word. So yeah, like chocolate keeps on being like turns into first food and then just tasty stuff or something. And like, like, like that was very familiar as a parent is like yeah that's how babies that's how toddlers interact with you with language oh that's right yeah uh, the hunter like starts saying chocolate to mean good yeah He's, and mila's just like okay sure that's whatever like which is kind of uh like uh, patronizing i feel that's how what i i found it to be very patronizing well like on the one hand is it was like a very realistic if in your brain Tony Jaws is, is a toddler and Mila Jovovich is not, there was a very realistic like sense of you know like they they got there okay let's go and the toddler looks at you and is like I don't I don't fucking understand what you're saying like what like, do you want yeah. from me what do you well, want from me just like it's very that's so that in and of itself like I don't think the audience would necessarily like notice that kind of thing watching it maybe. unless you like have that context of just like oh this is a child I'm being told that this is a child. Right. Right. I guess it's just because it's strange because she is the outsider in this scenario, but she still manages to behave in a superior manner yeah, to everyone the, around her. And also with when it comes to medicine and technology. The power dynamic definitely feels skewed in the wrong way for like the person who doesn't know what the fuck is going on yeah. is the one who assumes that they are also in charge. But then I was like, hmm, is this like really smart criticism of like military culture and practices it's possible i mean i i don't know how uh deep the creators delved into that though (laughs) for this movie i mean so we assumed from the beginning that this was one of those movies where they found out that you can get the military to like give you like humvees and airplanes and stuff to film as long as you let them like doctor the script. And I don't know if that is for sure what happened here, but they definitely had like this unnecessary like addition of the modern world added because I don't know a lot about Monster Hunter, but from what I have played, I do know that you don't start as a earth soldier going <laughs> through a portal to a magical <laughs> land of monsters. <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. Jorge, can I think, you confirm this for me? Well, con- confirmed. I think Chelsea raises a really important point about um the way that the the that that uh Mila Jojo's character is treated as like the knowing person as the adult yeah and um especially like the other characters are sort of not really in charge the technology especially was uh that yeah. that's what I was trying to find that's how what I've been filling space in order to find is that the technology that you refer to the way that Mila Jojovich's like medical technology was treated mm-hmm. with this like oh yeah this will definitely work and right. his like um like in the games if you chug a potion that just restores all your health um, like or at least half of it depending on which potion you're eating like that green shit that he's eating that's primo shit 
Like, yeah. it fixes a fucking knife wound. It's not a goddamn problem. And, like, she treats it like, oh, what, what the fuck gross shit is that? And, like, the, the movie never bothers to take that point to, like, be like, hey, you know, this is the good shit. This is better than our, like, we are encountering monsters and they are, you know, better than our weapons. And in order to deal with that, we have these, this green shit and it's better than our healing. Like, they right. don't, they don't bother with that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're in a magical world, so everything should be, like you're saying, like, more powerful than, like, Earth's stuff in this unnecessary addition of modern technology. I know, they have weapons that are magical that, like, light on fire when they want them to, so yeah. why can't they have plants that are magically based? And they should, because, <laughs> yeah. the, like Jorge's saying, that's what you do in the game. Like, you eat the green shit, and then you're better. <laughs> and you flex. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not nearly enough posing in this game. I didn't notice any dances. At least they had the cat chef. What's what are they called? The muscular chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what he's called in Japanese. Um, I actually, I don't think I have any. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to bring any of the Japanese knowledge here, even though this is like a definitely like a a combination production with Japan and China. Yeah, I saw um, Toho and Tencent. Definitely not the first shitty movie I've ever seen with the Toho logo. <laughs> it's definitely not the worst shitty movie I've ever seen with the Toho logo on it. It's fine. You know, it's fine. one way you could look at what we're talking about is that they are subverting the fish out of water trope. And instead of her kind of bumbling through this new world, I mean, she does a little bit at first, but then she kind of flips the table and she becomes kind of the knowing one yeah which is weird um and typically in a fish out of water type of story she would kind of be the one that needs guidance and is the one who's learning how to operate in a new world and she does have that a little bit but the power dynamic would be more in Tony Jaws' character's favor in the typical scenario. Um, I mean, we get a training montage to find out why she becomes like a really good monster hunter, right? Yeah. All it takes is one afternoon. <laughs> yeah. As soon as she realizes that, that knives light on fire, she's like, okay, Fucking I got starts this. her on dual blades, just like, these are not a beginner weapon, and these are not a good weapon to film. Like, this, the dual blades are just like a weapon that makes you really fast. You do a lot of long canned animations that you need to, like, dodge out of. Like, you, this is not a weapon that you should be starting your noob on. This should, they should have given her something else, and they've got her on fucking dual blades, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing she's not gonna know she she didn't even <laughs> activate arch demon mode she is wasting her f sorry um <laughs> yeah, yeah she should have used the hunter's horn right that would have been a good beginner's weapon no she's not the one who should have used the hunting horn we'll get to that oh, okay. yes cool yes. <laughs> nice. well i i want to just take you know just to to take a step back and just to carry on a little bit with what chelsea was saying the messages or the themes of this movie are kind of messed up too because at the end they're saying how the ancients like hated technology and how like technology shouldn't be able to fight these monsters but like they're going for rpgs and stuff to blow up the the face of the rathalos and stuff and it's like kind of like they had an idea of oh, you need, like, ancient weapons to fight ancient monsters, but it doesn't really come through in anything 
that happens in the actual like presentation of the film. Like uh, one of my thoughts was who the hell is this movie for? Because yeah. it wasn't really obvious part of the way through. And I realized it's kind of like a movie that's just trying to be cool. It's trying to be cool for like 10 to 12 year olds, 10 to 13 year olds, maybe. It's just sitting there at the cool. And, you know, we're going to speed we're going to speed past any explanation of what's going on. The army is cool. The fucking spiders are cool. The fucking giant dinosaur who stabs the shit out of people is cool. You know, and then there's the giant burning dinosaur. He's cool. Uh, you know, we That's got Ron fair. Perlman and fucking the biggest sideburns you've ever seen. He's cool. Like just, Very just cool. cool all the way down. Right. And so they 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 keep on doing these things just to 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 have this appearance and they keep on skipping by like the unfortunate implications of the thing they're doing. Only the white people, you know, are smart enough to coordinate battles uh, right. or be in charge. You know, like the whole interaction with uh, with. Tony Jaw and Artemis, where it's like an army ranger and a Southeast Asian person. <laughs> the whole way that the 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 framing of the thing, where it's just it's not explicitly racist; it's just implicitly racist. Right. right. They they sort of they don't notice they're doing this because of how cool they need everything to be. It's an assumed superiority that kind of bleeds through, like we're saying, in the language barrier and how the characters interact with one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just poorly executed too. Yeah. Like I, I feel like they, they, I have to imagine that the only reason they made Mila a like earth soldier is to get that army money to put the, like to make the movie because I guess so. it, it it just gets in the way the the moments of her and Tony Jaw like fighting and having this conflict feels like it's a completely unnecessary story to just like to use a little bit of Tony Jaw's Muay Thai, which you can't do against a giant monster. Right. So it's like, oh, well, we've got Tony Jaw. He's got to like do some kicks and elbows and knee strikes. Yeah. And you've got to like have this conflict between these characters and then, like, by the time they killed the Diablos, I was like, okay, the movie's over. And we look at the timer, and there's still 40 fucking minutes left <laughs> yeah. of the movie. I know. I, I got up from watching this movie, and I had two hours had just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it's they just gone. gone. <laughs> they were just gone. The, um, what was interesting, it's interesting that you say that because the bits and pieces that had the army in them were some of the worst acted from oh, yeah. Mila. Not, I'm not saying like the army actors themselves were bad. Mila's acting during that was actually some of the worst. Yeah. Some of it was like maybe poorly directed. I was really kind of surprised by how much I really enjoyed once like Tony Jaw and Mila started like, you know, communicating and being on the same page. Right. You know, as much as I hated Ron Perlman as a casting <laughs> choice, the whole parts of it where they were just like all communicating and moving the movie forward and interacting outside of the army context were great. Like, yeah, that's like they were they or maybe not great in, in cinematic terms, but great in terms of just like I'm watching a movie. I can get into this. I can fall into this. And the army bits just like just very wooden. Yeah, you know they're they're relying on these army tropes that I'm not necessarily sure that like even army people would recognize, or maybe they would recognize like oh hey they made the reference they made the the song reference okay cool yeah and it was just right. like okay all right sure the song was the thing for me where okay so like 
as Mila and her team of elite army rangers are driving through unnamed but you know latitude and longitude specified uh, middle eastern landscape it's fucking afghanistan just just so we're clear i looked it up it's afghanistan it's like you look it up in google and there's like a picture of a theme park wow wow they really they really glassed that theme park (laughs) i really it's not a theme park because it looks like the topology looks like it's uh it's got no roads and it's in the middle of a mountain range but yeah it's afghanistan yeah so so they're driving through and they're singing the song about how everything that the military that you ask the military to give you, they screw you over. So like you want a pair of size 11 boots, they give you a nine. You want to get, you know, you they give you a hundred dollars, but they take 99 back from you. Like it's all about this kind of like internalized conflict between a soldier's position and like knowing that they have no power and that they are going to kind of be like taken advantage of by their superiors. But that doesn't go anywhere in the movie. There's no, there's like no reason that they needed to include this character building of these kind of disaffected army folks because that's not part of the film. That's not part of the narrative or the story. It doesn't even matter. They're all killed off. Yeah, and then they all just die. I know. This is kind of a land shanty. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. To be honest, I thought some of the best scenes in this film were when those people died. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was very graphic and interesting visually. It was sort of torture on my brain watching all the army love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And knowing that their bonding came out of mutual suffering, seeing eggs hatch on their bodies and stuff, I was like, oh, yes, finally. (laughs) This, the whole premise of yeah. this military aspect of this movie kind of highlights the real world military industrial complex because <laughs> the military gets all the funding in our country and, you know, there no very little goes into education or the arts. And so we have to rely on going to this source for funding or supplies or what am i trying to say and and just to be clear i don't think chelsea is criticizing like service people in this it is they are just as much the victim of this complex as this like army ranger song tells you like yeah you they give you a hundred dollars and they take back 99 like you're not being taken care of right well and the plot of the movie is we lost some material can you right. can you disposable people go get back our material? And then they're like, oh, the disposable people are gone. I guess they weren't that disposable. Let's throw lots more material at the problem. Right. Just like, how many helicopters do you guys have? Is that a jet? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, at the end, when they're yeah. fighting the Rathalos? Yeah. Yeah, they all fucking die, dude. Yeah, they all fucking die. Yeah. And I was just like, this, I feel like Mila's going to have some explaining to do to, like, the Joint Chiefs about yeah. how they blew up, like, a plane and, like, two helicopters. <laughs> you and, know like, what? No, shit. she isn't. She fucking got the fuck out of there and went back to the New World. Well, that's yeah. right. That's right. She's like, I'm going to go fucking hunt some monsters. This is way um, cooler. She's like, paperwork and deposition? No thanks. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the New World, I just want to, like, I need to get a lot of the things about Monster Hunter 
off Let's my chest. I Let's think it's it. time. First of all, no, oh, good, great, 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 perfect. <laughs> First of all, the new world, the new world in Monster Hunter World is called the New World because they just discovered a new continent. Monster Hunter takes place on an old continent, so this is the New World. It's like Monster Hunter's like American landmass or something. Right. Okay. And like. The fact that they're calling it the New World as if it were like the new planet. No, that's not what it's called. Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter does not take place. I don't know what continent it takes place on. I don't super think it matters. But sure. it or world, but it's not called the New World. It's that, and that's just like the first of many things. What they did the thing where every Monster Hunter game starts with like a cutscene of showing you how the game is going to play out and showing you like the highs and lows of monster hunting. And Monster Hunter World did this thing where when you begin the game, you come in on an airship to the new world. Okay. And then the airship gets knocked down by uh, some monsters from the new world. and Or not knocked down, but heavily harassed. And your hunter falls off of the airship. Right. Which is exactly how this movie starts, basically. <laughs> Except, yeah. you know, the Monster Hunter World, no one ever I mean, people can get hurt, and people, like, there's, like, implied violence off screen where people, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking lost an eye. Oh, man, I got these scars. But, like, no one ever, like, on screen gets fucking gacked. And, like, <laughs> in the beginning of this movie, they're just, like, fucking murdering people. And the, my first thought was, like, oh, he's fine. He just fell. You don't take falling damage in Monster Hunter. As far as I, made the, I made the joke, like, oh, they're just going to cart him back to the camp and, and like, yeah, hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played the game, but I've watched Jamie play a bit of it. And as far as I understand it, this is a game about murdering animals mm -hmm. and then <laughs> cooking them right in front of the rest of the herd and eating them while they watch. Now, hold on. That's... There's more to it than that. You also kill them and then wear their flesh as armor. Okay. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah. more of what it's about. The 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 cooking is like very much a side project. The main <laughs> the main purpose is there are these monsters and for ecosystem purposes, uh -huh, yep. you must kill them. <laughs> Environmentalism. Yeah. In order oh. in order to make in order to maintain the balance. Because big <laughs> monsters show up and they're upsetting the balance, and then you have to murder the. It, it, the ethical implications are bad. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're not the good guys. So are humans. As humans, we're we're part of the solution, right? Yes, yes, that's correct. So that's correct. We're not we're not actually causing more ecological damage, right? No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> no, the solution is always more hunting. Right. Right. Uh, and the things that you can kill and eat for meat are these very specific small time little dinosaurs or um like woolly mammoths or there's a thing called the bullfango which is coming back in the next one which is a thing you can kill for meat and it harasses you constantly because it's a <laughs> wild boar um, oh. but and then yeah you can pull out your barbecue spit and like cook them in front of them but like usually like a bullfango will fuck you up or like the other ones will just leave and then like yeah you can eat them but like it it's not like a big process. Like it's you just sort of shove it in your mouth, flex, and keep going. <laughs> just like real life. 
they took out the flexing in um in Monster Hunter World too. So like you no longer even flex. Like it's meant to like slow you down so you can't do it in the middle of a fight. You know who has time to flex when a monster is trying to light <laughs> yeah. you on fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta pull out your longsword and then do a series of complicated attacks where you continually sheath and unsheath your weapon. Exactly. So like the that whole part where terrible. where the Diablos are attacking the the boat is like it. It's like very reminiscent of how Monster Hunter World starts, but then it also has a bunch of things that are super weird. Well, also not just that because it's got the um, so the the red haired guy, who's like the oh, I forget his stupid name. He's like the the I didn't bother looking him up. I'm sure that people who really like Monster Hunter can flame me in the comments, but you know he's <laughs> he's like the the he's like this um this like easygoing character and he's got a, a handler like the serious handler that's who that other the character who doesn't have the spyglass on the, the lady right. character with the bob cut that's the serious handler and then the the handler is the woman with the spyglass who's just looking out and probably should have gotten diablos in the goddamn face but they were just like no she's fine which is a yeah. lot of what monster hunters like is like no they're fine so, like, I expected everyone who was falling and being like, oh, God, we're getting attacked to be fine. And then some dude right. just gets murked. And I was like, whoa, OK, a little dark <laughs> yeah. there. Now, now let, me <laughs> ask you a Hunter, let me ask you a Monster Hunter question. Do they have sailing ships that sail on sand? In Absolutely. 100%. OK. All right. Okay. We, were, we were wondering. Yeah. That's how they fight the Darren Morin, which is that giant skeleton. Um or it might have been a Gen Moran. They're all basically the same thing. They're these giant fucking monsters that you have to sail after. And you shoot them, and they launch little weird sailfish at you, and it's fun. Cool. Trust oh, me, cool. it's fun. Okay, it's fun. hey, we're going to name out. So, so you're saying that this movie is a perfect representation no, of the great. No, no, no. That is not what I said. You take that back. <laughs> so, like, after that initial scene, you know, we go through all the military stuff. Eventually, someone says, all right, ladies. And I wrote down, what the fuck, all right, ladies? What the hell is that? That, was, that wasn't yeah. someone. That was Mila. And then somebody in her team points out how, even though she's a woman, that sounds very patronizing coming from her. And I'm like, why did they do this? Why did they do this? <laughs> she so was, was great. very successful at being patronizing to everybody she came across. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Success. Maybe that was characterization. So then they start fighting a Black Diablos after they go through the portal. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. here's the thing: they, they call it Diablos. You don't you don't know it's black, so that's a lady Diablos. They get extra okay. angry. That's why okay. the the red eyes means that monsters are angry. I know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So gender is a big deal in the film and in the game, is it? <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> um, it's just there are certain monsters that are gendered, and Black Diablos is one of them. All right. Um, and Black Diablos is usually the monster that you fight so there's monster hunter has low rank and high rank um and so you fight a bunch of monsters uh so that you get your hunter level up so you can fight more monsters is the basic gameplay loop and there's like a story once you break into high rank you fight all the old monsters again but they're beefed up and then eventually you start finding new monsters so black diablos is a beefy fucking monster you wouldn't send new hunters after black diablos everyone everyone dying totally in theme okay. those people should have all carded immediately they were not prepared for this hunt they got a horn break which honestly if that pile of jackasses is running around with basically no weapon and they get a horn break on their first try on a black diablos that's a pretty good hunt you can take that home 
Didn't didn't yeah, the horn break out though, when it like rammed into a cave? Yeah, that'll yeah. happen sometimes. You can definitely well, get that kind of horn break. Like they did they did okay for that's what a hunt like that should look like, but with a lot more cats carrying off people <laughs> who are Yes. Totally fine, yes. trust me. Honestly, the the fact that only one of the uh, Palico, the cat people, appeared in this movie was a huge disappointment. I was saying, like, every one of them should have a Palico buddy coming around, That's right. like, backing them yeah. up. Yeah. Um, that would have been and- kind of funny when, um, if Mila was, like, starting to hunt, like, a lower level creature on her own and then a, a palico just kind of comes up to her out of nowhere and she starts freaking out <laughs> or like yeah. personally uh so like when they when they you know launch that dude into that rock like a quartet of cats should have shown up with a push cart yeah. and fucking tossed them on the thing and dragged nice. them off and they should have been like what the hell is going on like, what fine. is this <laughs> uh so yeah you know they run away from diablos uh you get to see tony jaw using blast coat then they shoot at him, which is I just know. like seems unnecessary, but sure, okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and he uses so he uses paintball paint coating. Uh, that's what that those paintballs are meant to be shot at monsters in the yeah. previous games, so that you know where they are on the screen. Uh, Monster Hunter World okay. introduced a new system for tracking them, but those are basically monster tracking tools. Is why he had that giant paintball. Okay. Okay. Um, and it seemed like he used it as like a warning. Yeah, he used it as a warning, crew. which is like weird, but like it's not totally unnecessary. He looks exactly like the, um, maybe not exactly, but very, very similar to the Ace Commander or something. Like his outfit was really good. Um, nice. I I thought the in-world outfits were pretty solid. Yeah, all the in-world outfits are very like. I think yeah. he might be wearing Zenogar armor. All their armors were very on brand with monster hunter and very like the costumer definitely deserves a prize uh they did good work so did the um the effects crew the effects crew yeah. did a lot of good yeah. work with their models actually yeah. it was pretty the good monsters looked, yeah. i thought the monsters looked pretty great yeah. yeah and they looked like they belonged there yeah guys before we talk more about this movie why don't we head to the bounty board You awaken in a strange new land, surrounded by unfamiliar flora, gigantic monsters, and sights unlike anything you've ever seen before. Suddenly, a bipedal figure begins to walk towards you. It looks both familiar and unfamiliar. A human-sized cat with a glinting pair of amber eyes. It approaches you what appears to be a sly grin crossing its face. It leans in close to your ear and whispers, Meowties. As the winter pall lifts and the seasons begin to change, don't you think it's time to enjoy a good book? And what better way to experience a story than with our favorite format here at Swords and Satire, audio recordings. That's why our show is sponsored in part by Audible, the world's leading provider of audiobooks, spoken word entertainment, and now podcasts, including ours, by the way. And if you head to audible.com swords right now, you'll be able to start your free 30-day trial of Audible, and you'll receive an audiobook of your choice that you get to keep even if you can't see your membership. 
Although I can't imagine why you'd want to, because Audible has thousands of titles and programs. And did I mention podcasts like Swords and Satire? After your 30-day trial, it's just $14.95 a month, and you'll get a monthly credit for an audiobook that will be yours forever. I love Audible because it helps keep me entertained when I'm sharpening swords, cleaning the moat, or fighting off those pesky invading hordes. I have a library of hundreds of titles from my favorite authors, from J.R.R. Tolkien and Naomi Novik to George Carlin and Jen Kirkman, and I'm always listening to some of the great titles from Audible's extensive collection. And you can start building your own library today. If you don't know what book to start off your collection with, you could grab The Fifth Season by Hugo Award-winning author N.K. Jemisin. It's a complex and gripping dystopian sci-fi epic filled with interesting characters, deep world-building, and cataclysmic events. It's also the first book in Jemison's Broken Earth trilogy, so once you finish book one, you'll be able to start your next month of Audible with the sequel, The Obelisk Gate. So one more time, head to audible.com slash swords to start your trial, get your first audiobook credit, your free wellness guide, and to browse the thousands of titles in Audible's extensive library of audiobooks, spoken word programs, and oh yeah, podcasts, like this one. And now, back to the episode. This brings us to uh, the movie Aliens, how we started watching the movie Aliens part of the way through this movie. Sure, yeah. With spiders now? <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, it becomes a horror movie. Like, first of all, first of all, Nursilla doesn't do that. Nursilla uses its web to jump around the battlefield like Spider-Man. Second <laughs> of all, cool. second of all, they stabbed Mila Georgievich, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" And I'm like, "No, dude, that's that's just paralysis. She's fine." Okay, because yeah. I thought they like impaled her torso. I thought yeah. she. Was, I was like, "Oh, they Seriously. did just kill her." No, 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 Holy no. Shit. Nursilla, whenever whenever Nursilla hits hits you with the the her stinger, she's. Oh, I mean, I guess it's stinger. It's not. Those aren't gendered. Um, then um, you, it's a paralysis thing. You just get knocked to the ground. Uh, it's a status effect. She's fine. It doesn't even do damage. What? She's okay. straight up oh, fine. Wow. <laughs> like when she gets stabbed, she's straight up fine. And then she gets stabbed the second time, super fine. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> then later, Ti gets eggs planted in him. Yeah, later when you see the fucking yeah. Ti eggs, I'm like, what the? That's not how Nursilla reproduce. And like, no. honestly, yeah, it doesn't make sense because they have you see the eggs, right? Yeah, you see the yeah. He like, he was a proud father. In that he was moment. a proud father. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you got yeah. They had the fucking photo and the flashback. Oh my god, so much. Yeah, you got to you got to have the callback of uh, you know I'm gonna put the tag on my boots in case I lose my head and they bite his head off. Of the yeah. other oh guy. my gosh! That was nice. Yes. That's a good. That's like, good attention to detail. I mean, it was just like a typical Californian gender reveal party that ended <laughs> in fire. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they you know they light them on. Yeah, she lights them on fire with her oxygen and like yeah. fires. Yeah, they're still are weak to fire, and you you got to see a couple of them that had the those purple spikes coming out mm-hmm. of them. And, oh, like, some of the yeah. higher-level ones are, like, called Death Shroud Nursilla. Like, there was a lot of good stuff in there. Like, actually, I think the Death Shroud Nursilla actually sleep you, which is maybe why she was passed out or something. Okay. Like, Interesting. So, like, the main thing is, one, Nursilla do not hunt in packs. 
<laughs> number two, okay. they don't egg you. Yeah. Number three, they don't cr- they crawl around a little bit, but mostly they swing around. They swing around a bunch. They're like Spider-Man, mm. basically. That's but actually scarier, so I'm surprised they didn't go with Yeah, that. you would think that that would look good on a movie and also be easier to, like, kind of have a scene where somebody is in the cave, like, freaking out, and the monster keeps going above them and disappearing into the, yeah. like, ceiling and then, like, dropping in would be easier to have made scary. Yeah. You'd think Suspenseful. so. Yeah. But they made the first mistake in choosing Nursilla because it's a spider. Nursilla's not a horror monster. You know who is a fucking horror monster? Is this thing called a Kezu. Its ass and its face look exactly the same. Oh, it's God. got two... It's basically like a weird little flying wyvern that like... <laughs> by the way, all the everything but the Nursilla were flying wyverns. So like they could have... It would have been much easier for them in terms of rigging to use Kezu because these are all flying... They would have all been flying wyverns that it would have been fine. The Kezu has like this weird snaky neck thing. Its skin is just pallid and greasy it it whenever you fight it the music just shuts off there's music in monster hunter and you fight it and it's gone and you're like uh what the fuck happened to the music and it just shows up you and it screeches at you it lays these horrible ass eggs on the ground it would have been a much better fit for this scene yeah it's so much better they almost were trying to mash it up in a way right like it's like it it lives inside of caves but can fly around and it's got that horrible snake neck thing that it can like go up and and its mouth is like a human mouth. This thing is fucking horrifying. Oh, that sounds so good. It would have been so much better, but they went yeah. with Nursilla, which is just like the wrong fucking call here, just entirely. I don't They're know. They're just banking on people's fear of spiders, I guess. I guess, yeah. You know, Tony Jaw cuts a Nursilla in half with his fucking great sword and i'm like yeah okay sure you know like why not <laughs> all right i i think i might know why <laughs> it's because the nursilla they look like spiders everything else looked really human in this movie mm. i'm saying the diablos and the rathalos rathalos mm-hmm. they both of their faces they they both had human eyes I gotta they say. did they really oh, did yeah. Well, the monsters are supposed to be really, you know, like emotive and you're supposed to really like connect it. Like that's, that's intentional, right? Oh. And they've got those, they, since they're wyverns, they've got the, the wing arms. So they, you know, they're four limbed and that like right. helps a lot with the, the, the anthropomorphization. But yeah, like the, the, the Nursilla was just a wrong choice. Like, yeah, sure. They're horrifying. Uh, yeah. You know, if you don't like spiders or if you have a thousand of them, sure. you just throw them at problems. But like, they're not. <laughs> they're not what I would have gone with there. And that's not, I wasn't just, it was just kind of like a little bit like, really them, her, but like, um, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Her, it wasn't really like my cup of tea. You know, there's that moment later on where, uh, Tony jaw eventually starts carrying around two weapons. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you fine, whatever, you know, the, in terms of monster hunter, the main thing the main things that were like really stood out is number one, this world was super fucking dark. People getting fucking killed and like he's yeah. like all oh, praying for his family and like Rathalos fucking killed his family. They found like the beta team and they're just like carbon. Uh, yeah. And like that's that's no yeah. no that's not what this world is like. This world is cool and chill and fun and they're always in danger, yeah. but they're always like like thriving in danger yeah it's always dangerous but it's they're always thriving in it 
from the little bit of Monster Hunter that I've played, I definitely know that, like, you know, you have, like, people in beach outfits going around fighting monsters and stuff and, like, dancing and having little parties, and everyone's kind of, like, fun and lively. Meanwhile, in the movie, we get this weird, like, kind of story of loss, it seems like, with Mila's yeah. character, where she's got this ring that she has that says forever, and she's got these, like, tattoos of dates and stuff like on her neck. And I'm like, okay, I think that what they're coding is that she had a lover who died or something. Right. But like, does that matter in the sense of the movie? Like, is this backstory, does it go anywhere? No, no. there's nothing. She either has a lover back home or somebody who died. And I feel like the way that they use filmic language, they're making you think that she's lost somebody, but that does not come through in anything that she experiences or pay off in any way, shape, or form. Dude, it would have been so good. It got cut for time. <laughs> yeah, it probably did. Yeah, they try to connect it, but like, since she can't actually speak hunter language, hunterese, which is, they do have like their own little hunter language. It's not Japanese. Um, right. That's interesting. Uh, like, it's like Simlish, but you know, for Monster Hunter. Uh, but the they do try to connect it with her, but she can't speak the language of the other dude. So it's like, you know... She's like, I understand your pain, and he's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Right. And it's just yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't pay off. Eventually, they you know they fight a Di uh, the Black Diablos again, and this time they win. And you know they're using explosives, which are fine to use. Like you you use barrel bombs and blast coat, uh, lots of things. You know he trains her in the in dual blades, and I already mentioned why dual blades are a terrible choice here. But yeah. there was a really obvious choice where she's like, I have a gun. He's like, No, 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 no. Put that silly AR right. shit away. I, you need to hold this and pulls out a light bow gun, which is basically a crossbow the size of a television that rapid fires. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then she should have been running around with that thing because that thing would have been perfect for an army ranger. Right. And they Much have more like a human or like an earth gun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they had like a really good opportunity to use bow guns in some capacity because they use the slinger, which is like a, another monster hunter world thing. That's the thing on her, on her arm that yeah. she like shoots crossbow bolts and then also can like, you know, attach shit, which is pretty monster hunter world. And then she's got the little clutch claw thing, which is, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, like that aspect of it worked pretty well, but like, yeah, they should have given her a light bow gun. It would have looked really fun to have her just running around with this like bizarro world me mechanism that just did cool, fun, old timey shit. And you'd be like, wait, I thought this was like an old thing movie. And it's like, yeah, but like, you know, their mechanisms are really strange and fun and unique. That would have fit better with the story that Ron Perlman says about how like ancient technology has to be used to fight the monsters too. Right. Like, it yeah. would have fit so much better. I do, though, because Jorge said that, like, the the dual blades, like, lock you into attacks, I do kind of wish that somebody else had survived with her long enough to, like, get into a routine with some of them and then just get totally gacked by a monster because he couldn't, like, get out of his uh, yeah, slapped by the tail, like, yeah. don't, do, don't do the dance! Don't do the dance! Because the, the, the dual blades have, like, a thing called the demon dance. Don't do the demon dance! He's like, oh, I got him! Just spin, 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 and then just get Tail slapped Why? in the space. <laughs> <laughs> that would have so, been amazing. I have a question about the weapon thing, and I have my own idea about what it means, but I, I want to hear what you guys have to think. So why do you think their weapons, the Earth guns, did not work in that world? Not magical. 
I, 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 my guess is that all the weapons in the world, first off, are a little bit magical and also made of the monsters a lot of times because a lot of the weapons in Monster Hunter, like you build from parts of monsters. So like it's something where the elements of that world can only be affected by elements from that world. Hmm. That's my I mean, guess. That seems like a good explanation as any. Like, mm-hmm. there's they don't they never really like established why a slow ass crossbow bolt would damage a monster, but like a fucking bullet, uh, bullet, you know, from a from a high caliber rifle did jack and shit. Yeah, I mean, specifically <laughs> fired from the gun it's meant to be fired from, not like right. just th- <laughs> they didn't just throw bullets. I mean, she did th- just throw bullets. <laughs> Well, and it hurt the Nursilla too, right? Like, Nursilla were actually taking damage from getting shot. So it was just, like, not consistent. Yeah. And And doesn't the RPG, like, do a bunch of damage to Rathalos or something? Yeah, or Diablos? to, like, more, like, distract and anger it, really. That's fair. Well, no, she she gets the the Rathalos with a, um, some kind of flare thing. I don't know what the hell it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, um, and when it's vulnerable, when it, right before it's about to breathe fire, it was a flare gun. It was a flare yeah. gun. Okay, the uh, the Rathalos is actually not vulnerable when it's about to fire. It's vulnerable immediately after it fires. Oh man, these fucking loser liars! Um, fucking Ron Perlman. Yeah, let's talk about Wait, it. Wait, before we get into that, yeah. I need to talk about what I think the weapons mean. Oh, oh, right, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. good. So I think they're, uh, the weapons are a symbol for the different types of warriors uh, between our world and the new world. And the guns not working in the new world kind of is a symbol of the ranger's outsider status in that world. And I also mm-hmm. think it signifies, you know, it's a signal to the audience, like, this is a new place. There are different rules in this world. And so it kind of starts to get you in that mindset. But like I said, it also is a symbol of their outsider status. They don't belong there. Their weapons, their tactics don't work there. And they have to find a new way to survive. Or or perish, which many of them do. <laughs> right. But so this kind of juxtaposes the differences between the military operatives, the rangers, and the hunters, and the way they work. And yeah, the rangers are kind of operate with an unhierarchy. Uh, Artemis, yeah, very very uh, hierarchical ranking system. Yeah, Artemis is their captain. She's their leader. They have a stoic kind of personality to their team and it's all about following orders and controlling the operative. You kind of look to your commander for tactics and what to do. And it's, it's more about power and control. Like I said, and, and very uh, rudimentary tactics, shoot and fire (laughs) pretty American, I guess. I mean, military in general, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If bullets can't solve it, more bullets will. The hunter warriors are juxtaposed against this. They are 
nomadic, it seems like, and they are somewhat autonomous individuals, but they cooperate together. And he is willing to work, or uh, the hunter, Tony Jaw, is willing to work with Artemis and teach her, and he sees them more as equals, and because that is the world that he comes from. And they have to be very clever with their tactics. They have to use the environment and other monsters' um, components from other monsters to help them fight. Right, the Nursilla poison ones. to fight right, the Diablos. Exactly, yeah. and so it's it, it's much more uh, strategic in the way they fight and you have to be i mean you need that in order to survive in that world it's more clever and adaptive right yeah the the way that he crafted sleep coat from the yeah. nursilla from the the sleep sack i guess is what it had back there and like uh the the way he they would use the slingers to do other things uh, attach and do other things at clutch call like you're exactly right and especially the um, you see eventually that uh, Artemis is only able to succeed at using modern weaponry when she's using the weaponry in combination with hunter tactics. Like, they use the RPG, but it doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. And it does, uh, the military weapons do work when she gets back to this world, because when she's fighting the Rathalos in this world is when she's using that flare gun or whatever it is. Ooh. Yeah, but she uses it specifically with the tactics the Admiral taught her and right. with right. the slinger, whereas the um, big, you know, gunships that show up do nothing. And they have, yeah. like, you know, some super high caliber guns. Right, that's true. Yeah, so it's only by mixing the tactics that she's able to bring it down. You have to understand hunter philosophy before your weapons will do anything. It's a state of mind, man. By the way, how accurate is it that she was able to bring that thing down by herself, practically? I mean, I tear up Rathalos all the goddamn time. Rathalos is not that high. Black Diablos <laughs> is a harder monster than Rathalos. Rathalos, you meet like, you meet a Rathalos usually uh, just before you get out of low rank. Oh. Like, you're like, oh, hey, no, Rathalos. They're like, Rathalos is like the first wall um in Monster Hunter in previous games and in Monster Hunter World and Janath, which is it's just a fucking T-Rex. Um <laughs> like it's just a T-Rex that spits fire. Uh that's the first like real wall that to progress. But Rathalos okay. is right there. Uh you know, Rathalos is the male uh version. The male like it's it's an always male monster. It's always paired with Rathian, which is the always female version. Rathian is green, Rathalos is red and they are, you know, the quote-unquote kings of the hill, okay. the king and queen of the hill. But like they only in low rank, they're not that scary a monster. It's not that. It's not that hard. So like, this well, movie was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> well, this movie was incredibly anticlimactic. <laughs> then at the very end, they pull out fucking Gormagala, who is like serious motherfucking business, and should have been giving them all fucking berserker rage. And I was just like, oh shit, they, these guys are fucked. <laughs> uh, but but we'll Ron, never know because they set up a sequel that is definitely not going never to happen. happen but yeah Ron, motherfucking perlman yeah hey yeah let's get into that we're we're, yep. we're casting we're casting our movie and we've got tony jaw and we got mila jojovich and these are perfect action stars who do we get for the big muscular guy <laughs> that can punch out a monkey it's like i know renowned 70 <laughs> year old character actor ron perlman <laughs> 
Hey, he was in Pacific Rim, okay? <laughs> oh God. He as he not was. a fighter. As just yeah. an old mother. Oh my God, this fucking casting choice. Like, there you are literally... so many young wrestlers they could have employed. Oh my Dave God, Batista. yes. Yeah. Dave Batista might have cost too much money, but like, oh, exactly. Right. 100%. The thing that Chelsea said, there are so many young wrestlers, they could have gotten anybody. You could have gone to AEW, been like, give me your 30th most popular guy. <laughs> I'm putting on the movie. I'm paying him That's peanuts. That's what we have the budget for. That's yeah. what we have the budget for. Yeah. They probably paid a pretty good amount to get Perlman in there. I mean, yeah. at least decent. And it was just they a waste of fucking money. They could have put more money into that loss and grief storyline. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking melting ass face and utter lack of a chin. He looked like the fucking admiral and really let himself go. Just like, motherfuck, why are you doing this? The admiral can lift boulders and huck them. That role fucking blocked a plasma shot from Rajang, who is basically just a giant monkey on steroids. No problem. The Admiral's a fucking badass, and you playing with Ron Perlman? Not even like Hellboy Ron Perlman, like post Pacific Rim Ron Perlman. Like I don't remember the last good thing he's ever done, Ron Perlman. <laughs> I think it was Hellboy, right? Yeah. Wait, did Season of the Witch come out after Hellboy or before? Oh, after. Yeah, you're right. It was Season of the Witch. Yeah. But um, like yeah, that's from the Monster Hunter perspective. Like it was very like close it lived in that uncanny valley of like you guys got so close to monster hunter that like someone didn't like monster like someone at the decision making process didn't know what the fuck they were doing in monster hunter like the the effects team you know poured their love into it and the costume and set designers poured their love into it and someone made a series of dumbass decisions afterwards Mm -hmm. I feel like that happens a lot of times with movies, especially based on established IPs, especially movies that Paul W.S. Anderson does based on established video game IPs, like the Resident Evil movie where they're like, oh, it's Resident Evil, but it's going to take place in an underground lab with no recognizable characters and this whole new backstory lore where my where my future wife is like a superhuman yeah. and not like a stars team member or anything. <laughs> right. I, I still, you, you said it at the beginning though, that, you know, it's like one of the most accurate ones he's done. It's like, yeah, it's, it got pretty, it got very, very, very close. It did, like I said, it got into the uncanny valley territory. It got so close, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it almost looks it, like the failures are almost worse somehow. Right. <laughs> it looks like a monster hunter. It smells like a monster hunter, but it doesn't quite taste like a monster hunter. No, <laughs> That's the no, true horror of this true. film. <laughs> well well guys oh, i feel like we pretty extensively covered this uh why don't we get ready to rate this movie and head into the smithy all right Welcome to the Smithy, where we forge a rating for this movie after we each share an epic moment or feature from the film. Jack, do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and give us a rating from one to ten hunter's horns? <laughs> That's right, I went with the thing that I wanted to see in the movie. Yeah, yeah sure, I'll start us off. <laughs> All the moments I keep trying to pick for the film are not actually epic, but unfortunate moments. All right, it's unfortunately epic. I guess I'll just 
pick the scenes where people die in uncool ways. Okay. Especially in the beginning, right? Like what Jorge was saying about how a a Diablos is attacking this sand ship, right? This giant monster that likes to impale people. It knocks the boat and some guy falls like 50 feet and dies on deck. How disappointing is that? That there's a giant monster that skewers people and you die from falling. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, or like a barrel rolls over you and you die. How embarrassing. (laughs) They're not going to say killed by the Diablos. You're killed by a rolling barrel. That's terrible. I mean, would anybody, yeah, would anybody even remember you to say how you died? <laughs> it's true. Also, it needs to be said that if that, if I find that one of the most interesting things that happen in this film, <laughs> I'm not going to finish that thought. <laughs> you let you fill in the blanks. Yeah, fill in, mad lib it. The CGI was very cool. The fighting between humans, I think, was a lot more dynamic and interesting than the fighting between humans and monsters. Yep. Can't argue with that. I found myself daydreaming of (laughs) what I wish the movie had done rather than what it was doing while watching it. And there were just a lot of scenes where, again, I was sure it was over, but it kept going and I wanted it to be over. It's like the the return of the king, but, you know, more painful and arduous, right? Yeah. I'm just going to wrap up with that thought. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a two out of ten hunting horns. I thought so. It didn't entertain me. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if my friends asked me to watch this with them, I wouldn't do it. Whoa. Whoa! I don't think I've ever heard you say that about yeah. anything. I uh, yeah, it was good for a one-time watch. I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> All right, tough but fair. So if people haven't seen it yet and they're listening to this, they should go watch it and then yes. re-listen to this episode. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Spoiler right. warning. <laughs> 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 All right, Chelsea, how about your epic After moment? After an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chelsea, how about your epic moment or feature and your rating from 1 to 10, Hunter's Horns? All right, I'm glad Jack didn't steal mine. The, um, <laughs> the Palico, is it? Because I keep wanting to say Palomino, and that's a type of horse. Um, <laughs> horse cat what's the difference the palico scene is my epic moment I that was the moment that I was the most engaged in the whole movie um, just a little behind the scenes I was playing Pokemon Go while we were watching this <laughs> film <laughs> despite my chidings yeah because I just like couldn't watch Joseph <laughs> no. just, just like got up like during the movie and like just kind of walked around and like went into other rooms and I was like uh do you want me to pause this so you can talk about the movie I still got the gist of the whole I saw the movie <laughs> oh, but but I didn't have to watch it if you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah yeah I do um, so I still like 
had some insightful stuff to say and i wrote notes even yeah. at the same time that i was playing pokemon go i just like <laughs> it was one of those kind of movies where you could like play a game and watch it at the same time and not really miss much oh, <laughs> but, oh yeah my epic moment <laughs> the, pal <laughs> the palico was the best part because he's like spinning around he's so into cooking this steak it, it was just a lot of fun and actually the cgi didn't make me want to die so it was pretty good. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. It didn't taste like vomit in my mouth when the CGI was <laughs> yeah. on the screen. Well, yeah. and the, so the muscular chef is usually like a much fluffier uh, okay. character. And he was he looked kind of ratty here. And it, the, the change was fine. Okay. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I kind of, I'm going to mimic Jack here a little bit. Uh yeah, I mean, I was playing a game while I was watching this movie. I think that says everything, right? Um, like, when our friend who was watching with us uh, said that there's not a lot of plot here. <laughs> that was an no. overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> and or an understatement. I don't know. It was a statement that put, mattered. Yeah, and they clearly put a lot of work into this film, like Jorge has been saying. So I agree with that part. Um, but something just went wrong, horribly wrong along the way. Um, <laughs> no. And so it's kind of sad, really. Um, <laughs> it's more disappointing than anything. I'll, I'm going to say two out of ten Hunter's Horns. I'm going to agree with that. It's Although the experience of talking about it with you guys is a ten out of ten. It's pretty devastating Aww. because you were like, oh, I'm going to go into this with no expectations. And even that could not have been met. Yeah. <laughs> no! I did say that, yeah. That was your mistake. You went in with no expectations. You needed yeah. to put them lower. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. All right, Jorge, do you want to share your epic moment or feature and then give us your rating from one to ten Hunter's Horns? I do, Jamie. <laughs> Yay! You know, I've seen a lot of bad movies. Uh, most of them, lots of people don't agree with me that they're bad. Um, but I think, I think everyone I know recognizes that Six String Samurai is the worst movie I've ever seen. Because most movies that are worse than Six String Samurai, I'll just get up and walk away. And I did not get up and walk away from this movie. This wow. movie is better mm. than Six String Samurai. So high praise for me, for me, I actually enjoyed it, Oh, um, there you go. which is, goodness. which is, uh, it's weird for me to say like, yeah, I talked a lot about how close and yet so far they got with the monster hunter content, but I was, um, like I, I saw what they did with the movie and it didn't always pull me out of the movie. I was able to watch it. Two hours had gone by. Like, I wasn't right. just, like, every single minute of with this movie is torture. That's brutal, because the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it was just the way... I, I had to get up at some point and uh, I mean, go finish it, making rice. Yeah. I had it on pause. I paused it a couple of times, too, to read a few things, because I had it on the on the PlayStation. Um, I mean, this was no Star Wars Christmas special, which is actual torture. <laughs> no, and, torture. and two hours. <laughs> and two hours. Jesus, that feels that like a hours? million years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so um, 
yeah, for my moment, for my epic moment, I would say the moment at the oasis that looked a lot like the ancient forest nice. was my my like it, it's it's kind of a like it's a downbeat, you know, meant to go in spice between, you know, the we just survived a storm and a Diablos and we're about to meet Ron Perlman. You're going to need to <laughs> sit down for this. Uh, steal your your nerves. Yeah. Steal your nerves because Ron Perlman is the worst part of this movie by a country mile somehow. Um, but the the <laughs> way that they interacted um, and just were having fun and laughing was some of the better acting that both of the both of them did. Um, the the way that he used her as bait and then fucking ganked a plessy off or like funny. a tiny a tiny little one. So it's a good joke. Yeah. Um, those monsters are huge assholes. So fuck plessy off, kill the shit every <laughs> single time. Uh, yeah, just like <laughs> like. It's a good joke, a good beating down on something that no one likes to fight. Um, you know, everybody hates them. Everyone hates that fucking th Jesus Christ. Fuck those little fishy ass motherfuckers. They jump out of the fucking water. There's a game where you have to go into the water, and it was so oh, bad God. that they canceled going into the water. You never had to swim ever again. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's my epic moment. Um, you know, when I rented this movie. It said four stars out of five stars. And I wow. said, in what fucking universe? <laughs> uh, but I think from my perspective, I do have to give it four hunting horns out of ten hunting horns. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's obviously a bad movie, but I didn't hate it or myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than I can say you, for a lot of movies I watch. Like, you want a refund, but you're not going to, like, plot anyone's demise. <laughs> yeah, I used two of my four hours of leisure time watching that movie, and I am not mad. I don't want them back. All right. Wow, that's actually a, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. You shouldn't watch this movie. Uh, you know, I think I coasted <laughs> along on references and cinematography. Oh my God, that reminds me, the stupid fucking, everyone's at, at, at a certain point, every scene boiled down to action shot, cut, yep. uh, yeah. slow-mo, cut, black, cut, slow-mo, cut, action shot, cut. It was just like, I, who decided this was how you shoot movies? Fire them. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was kind of brutal to watch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. You think that with a heavy reliance on CGI, they could go with longer cuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there was that long cut of the, or there was that weird cut with the, um, one of the gunboats when it was on the ground looked like a shiny plastic toy and it didn't look like plastic in any other shot. I don't know why it did that. It's only a model. <laughs> they blew her up in the gunship and I'm like, oh, she's dead. You know, like, <laughs> there's just like a lot of scenes like that. But yeah, no, four out of five, four out of ten, four out of ten, four out of ten. I buy it. All right. That's, that's, that's a, that's a good rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a, a movie this bad, for a movie this bad, yeah. I liked, I liked that you said you wouldn't take that time back. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was good. It made me think. I have dedicated six hours of my life to watching Cats 2019, <laughs> and I don't regret that. You but I do, I do regret <laughs> the hour and a half for this. If we didn't have <laughs> the go. podcast, I'd regret it. 
but we have the podcast. Consider that means that you spent you'll end up spending you know upwards of four hours to five hours on this movie. It's yeah. true. Thank goodness, Cats twenty nineteen still wins out. <laughs> oh, God. Also, just wait yes. until the butthole gut comes out. <laughs> there was still the palico, and that was a bit of a Cats twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, the muscular chef. Yes, they overused you. A jellical chef. You never Both should have over winked. And underused. But what about you, Jamie? What is your epic moment or feature and your rating out of one to ten hunter's horns? Why God, thank you serious. thank you, Chelsea. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> My epic moment is it takes place in the final or not the final well okay. My epic <laughs> moment takes place near the end of the movie where Artemis has gone back to Earth, our world ostensibly. And she is uh, riding in a helicopter when Rathalos appears out of the portal from the Monster Hunter world. And Rathalos, like, kind of latches onto the front of the helicopter. Yeah. And then we switch yes. to a shot inside the cockpit. And you see the front of the cockpit collapse with, like, the teeth of the Rathalos. And yes. I thought that shot was really cool and really creative. And it's like, Sometimes you see, like, a creative action shot that, like, really does exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah. And that was that for me. It wasn't just, like, tearing the front off. It was actually seeing the visceral impact of what would happen if you were inside of a sausage <laughs> when a yeah. cat, like, took a bite of it. <laughs> and just after that is the moment when Mila realize or uh, Artemis realizes, like, she just got got. She's strapped to a gurney inside of this helicopter. She has no way out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's falling to the earth. But I just thought it was so cool to see that collapsing of the cockpit like that. Mm -hmm. The shot where just afterwards where it's like holding the cockpit in its mouth and it's just sort of floating in midair. That was a really iconic Rathalos shot. Yeah. Um, like that's, oh, cool. You see Rathalos in that pose a lot. And it's that felt really like, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with that. That's a good scene. Nice. Yeah, I thought I thought that was cool. Um, So overall, I thought this movie was it. See, OK, so let me start by saying this. I feel like of the the very small sample size I have, the people who do not know Monster Hunter hate this fucking movie. <laughs> 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 but with the even smaller sample size I have of Jorge and I, people who are familiar with Monster Hunter or very familiar with it, in Jorge's case, we don't hate this movie. It's kind of all right. Okay. Like, it, it kind of, I think Jorge summed it up well. Like, it does enough things that are interesting and feel like Monster Hunter that even if they miss the mark on a lot of them, it's still like, oh, but that reminds me of this, like, fun moment I've had of playing the game, or, like, this reminds me of something cool that you can do in the game. Like, Tony Jaw does the leap with the sword, and, like, that's a move that I use a lot when I fight with the um, the sword in, in yeah, Monster cool. Hunter. Like, there's just little moments peppered throughout it where you kind of, like, feel like you're like experiencing something from the game Mila using the slinger was that for me because I like to do that in the game and kind of like coordinating tactics between her and the hunter I thought were were fun moments right 
So I think, yeah, overall, I am also going to give this movie four out of ten Hunter's Horns. Oh, wow. It does nice. enough. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I I would have like I would have liked a movie that just took place in the Monster Hunter world without the alternate reality bullshit from yeah. from our yeah. Earth without the unnecessary like lost <laughs> subplot that doesn't go anywhere with Artemis and like not having this weird false ending where it's like oh we're definitely getting a sequel right like this movie's gonna not only make half of its box office we're gonna back from its cost. Like, we're going to have a, a setup for a sequel. No, no, don't do that. Just end your movie. Yeah. Like, Anderson always does this. He did this with Resident Evil the first time. And he, I guess, caught lightning in a bottle because he's been able to make, I think, six sequels to that movie. There are six movies? There are six? seven. No. <laughs> I think there's seven Resident Evil movies. Oh my god. I think god. you might be right about that. There's a lot. There's at least five. My understand Fuck. I'm from a different timeline where there's only four, I think. <laughs> I'm surprised you said four and not three. This is this is like how like some of us are from the timeline where Sinbad had a shitty genie movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The they had the Mandala effect? Yeah. Yes. Wait, yeah, no, so that's not the name of the movie. <laughs> um wow seven of those fucking things well yeah the the whole the whole thing where they they, the sequel bait ending just like yeah it alludes to a much better movie of them like going to the tower oh yeah right going fighting up the tower except the tower the tower super i have no fucking idea what the fuck the tower is i have like the ancients ain't done shit in monster hunter like there's some ancients but it's more like like we do research on monsters like the monsters are the old things i mean it could have been so cool like what was that uh that movie where they're fighting up like a building to get to the boss at the top the raid just is it the raid yeah so i mean now that's not the one i was thinking of i was thinking of the one with uh jeremy piven well because they they do the they did the raid and then they did judge dread the raid and then they did the raid too like judge dread that's like okay so judge dread's a great example of like if they were gonna do something with the tower they could have had a movie where they're fighting monsters in a tower or something i mean they're setting it up the whole entire movie right they showed you the tower from the word like they put Chekhov's tower just up there yeah and they didn't shoot anybody it never yeah. paid off. <laughs> the tower never shoots anyone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Right. Yeah, just this this weird setup is like really to me one of the most disappointing parts because I feel like they just had too many things that they were getting pulled in all these directions. And it could have been a much better weird movie if they had just focused on the direction and gone with it. Or is it somehow brilliant and the tower is an allusion to Stephen King's tower from uh, the Gunslinger series. Oh, from no. Swords and Satire, favorite film, The Dark Tower? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that. There's, there's, no, no, this is a fucking <laughs> isekai no. movie. It's an isekai movie that ends with a Mortal Kombat ending, and it's it makes <laughs> no fucking sense for it to be this. And it is. Yeah. It exists. And sure. All right, yeah. fine. Next movie, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you frame it that way, I think I actually give this movie like a 0.5 better rating because it does... <laughs> It does end exactly like a video game cutscene. Yeah, it's kind it of brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the Mortal Kombat movie ended exactly the same way. That's probably yeah. why Paul did it. He's like, oh, Mortal Kombat made like three of those fucking things. I guess I better make the fucking you know she's gonna punch a fucking dinosaur at the end or something. 
Yeah. No, it's not a dinosaur. Sure. I guess it's just a zombie. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect note to go out on. <laughs> yes. So we'd like to thank everybody for listening as we talked about Monster Hunter this week and thank our friend Jorge for joining us and being our expert witness in the trial <laughs> against Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> I hope to have acquitted myself better than expert witnesses usually do, but I'm afraid that I haven't. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, is there anything you'd if like you to If you haven't, oh. we wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say before we log off here? So, yeah. Um, the usual Monster Hunter credo is good night and good hunt, but um, mostly just um, let's. Uh, agree to not watch this anymore yeah. and that's, just that's live that way <laughs> live in that world <laughs> live in that world <laughs> that was an excellent <laughs> message yeah <laughs> well if you want to learn more about swords and satire and keep up with the movies we watch and also check out some of the really great memes that we create for the show. You can follow us at Swords and Satire on Instagram and Twitter, or join the Swords and Satire Facebook group to keep up with all the newest info and news about our show. And if you have some extra coins to throw our way, you can head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and become a member of our patron community. We have additional content there extra episodes some of our other creative content like rewriting history and you get to vote on the movies that we watch every month it's great but if you don't have those extra coins to spend we totally understand just tell your hundred closest <laughs> friends about swords and satire and if they tell their hundred closest friends well 99 you hope you're one of them right <laughs> 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 then we'll have tons of listeners in no time. What a great way to support the show. We really appreciate it. <laughs> but until next time. Hail Crom! Sure. And that brings us to our sponsor for this <laughs> raid shadow legend. <laughs> Is this your first raid? First time raiding? Let's go for a raid. Is this your first shadow? Have you legended? <laughs> oh! <laughs>